Soy Trek. Yeah. I'm Comrade Britt. I'm Comrade Pat. Comrade Pat. <laughs> Doing the dirty work so you don't have to. I don't want to do your dirty work no, no more. Love Steely Dan. I <laughs> love Steely Dan. You have no idea. I have their entire collection on vinyl. I've seen them three times in concert. One time was Asia. The entire album all the way through. Plus greatest hits. The second set. While Walter Becker was still alive, you have no fucking idea. That's why I'm I'm I'm, I'm uh, uh, shocked you don't have a Steely Dan podcast. Uh, that is kind of shocking, isn't it? Yeah. They made a joke about it in AP Bio, mm. uh, and so I never did it. Oh, uh, you're, you're because uh, it was always uh, at the forefront pa- of your Pat brain. Patton Oswalt's character in there says he has a Steely Dan podcast where every every time they break down a different Steely Dan song, and I'm like. That was my idea. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, they just made a joke about it and ruined my idea. Yeah, Pat, and Pat Nottoswell's not even doing that in real life. I know he should. That but, I would listen to that in a second. Yeah. I like Pat Oswalt. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, he's, that, he's, his, his comedy's fallen off a little bit. He's yeah. not quite as funny as he used to be, but he's done some amazing bits, amazing hours. I was actually mm-hmm. there for his. Um, the taping of his first comedy special after his wife passed. Oh wow! Uh, at the Moore Theater here mm. in Seattle, I mm. was yeah. Oh, I might be able to be seen in some of those shots. Damn, you should you should reach out to him and be like, so do you want to do that Steely Dan podcast? For real? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just some guy. <laughs> I'm just some guy, but I know a lot about Steely Dan. Yeah, I certainly do. So they could. I certainly Dan. Could, could bond over over the over the mutual love of Steely. Dan. I don't. I think it was a line that was written for him. I don't it think could, he loves Steely Dan yeah, quite as much know. as I do. Oh, maybe you could reach out to the writer. Maybe you know, the writer will be more receptive to that idea. Perhaps. Perhaps. So, um, you know what's cool? Hmm. Our Patreon. Oh yeah, Patreon. It's Patreon.com/slash/dumbidiotbs. Uh, it's a great place where you can sign up and support us mm-hmm. in all kinds of different ways. You get all types of benefits. Uh, the biggest, probably for most people, is you get all our episodes of all of our podcasts all at once, mm. a few days before they all come out. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and in some cases, especially with like prison breakdown, sometimes several weeks before they come out. Mm. You know, we got uh, a bunch of podcasts on the network. We got mm-hmm. Soy Trek. We got Dumb Idiot BS. Uh, we have uh, the Media Dungeon. Mm-hmm. We have Getting Head, a Bucket Cast. Mm-hmm. We've got the Prison Breakdown podcast, and coming soon. We got a new podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, putting together a podcast called My Wife. <laughs> My I, Wife. I just go through sub communities on the internet and uh, look up and just search, like on the sub community, the word wife. <laughs> and then just get all of the best information of people, like talking about how their wives hate their hobby, how mm. they might hate their wives because of their hobby or their special interests. Um, you know, maybe their their wife loves their hobby and supports them in a funny yeah. way. Good. Yeah, lots of fodder there. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, street cross-dressers. Oh, definitely. That's that would, a good one. That That's a good a, one that for sure. That would be an interesting wife yeah. one. Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. There's a lot cause, of fodder. Because you have the most famous one, Ed Wood. Oh, yeah. Wife guy, mm-hmm. cross-dresser. Right, right. Yeah. I feel like most cross-dressers are wife guys. Yeah, because they literally want to be their wife. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know what they say, if you can't be them, marry them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, folks on our Patreon, um, for as little as $2 a month, actually as little as free, but, you know, if you want to pay $2 a month, you can support Mm -hmm. us and um, say thank you. Uh, For as little as $5 a month, we'll say thank you to people on this podcast, to people just like Electric Baphomet, Joe DeVideo, John Simcox, Elizabeth Hearn, Nick Savard, Nova, Shane Sawyer, Skeptic, Abigail Simpson, Asher Pliskin, Benjamin Van Galen, Big Strong Boy, Gabe Siciliano, Gillian McCrary, Iggy, James Hartman, Jose Martinez, Kyle Simmons, Laura Flame, Papa Poison, PJ Hale, Robert Yolito, Roberto Molina, Seb, Seven of Nine, SFC Punk, Shane Williams, Tim Wilkinson, Awful Star Trek Drawings, Jordan Hale, David Craning Sites, Dylan Lance, Ethan Adams, Gursky, Jormore, Sam Mayo, and our good friends over at the Bruce Campbell Podcast, which is also the same guys over at Animorphin Time Podcast, Hell yeah. which is a great podcast about Animorphs that you should definitely check out. I was always thinking about reading all the Animorphs books. I should. Should you? Yeah, why not? I mean, Jake. Um, not J.K. Rowling. Um, fucking the the author of those books is like pro trans and shit, and she's cool as fuck. Nice, hell's yeah. We love that. So, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just read the Redwall books when I was a kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Goosebumps, I guess. So. Yeah, Red Redwalls was like that's what I call it when she's on her period. <laughs> And them red walls, baby. Oh my god. <laughs> these are talking mice. <laughs> you got mice up in your pussy, baby. <laughs> Damn, girl, that pussy's tight. You got mice up in there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's reasonable. That's reasonable. That's totally reasonable. Guess what we're here to talk about today? Uh Threshold. We are. We're talking about the Voyager episode Threshold, which is like an infamous fucking episode. Like Yeah. Um, it is reputed to be in a lot of less like the worst episode of Voyager and the worst episode of maybe Star Trek ever. And that's the thing. Like I felt it could have been a successful episode had it not been for the end. The end is wild. Yeah, I it, it, like it, there's like a, like a obvious place it should have gone, mm-hmm. and said it goes takes this like left turn into like the most insane shit you've ever seen. Right. <laughs> Yeah. 
Um, so I want to start with a, a quote from Bren Braga. Oh. Who wrote this episode. Did he really? Mm-hmm. I oh. wrote the episode, or at least the teleplay, and it had some good intention behind it. It had a good premise, breaking the warp 10 barrier. I don't know where this whole de-evolving into a lizard thing came from. I think I was trying to make a statement about evolution not necessarily being evolving towards higher organisms. That evolution may also be de-evolution. You know, mm. we kind of take it for granted that evolution means bigger brains, more technology, you know, more refined civilization. When in fact, for all we know, we're evolving back into a more primordial state. Ultimately, who can predict? <laughs> Yeah, and but that's, that, uh, wait, wait. That's... he also said, ultimately, it was my homage, I guess, to David Cronenberg's The Fly. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. I can see that. I can see that, but that doesn't make it good. <laughs> uh, like, but also it doesn't make sense, because <laughs> no. also, because they, the de-evolution de- thing, I mean, it's only apparent by visually looking at the lizard, but like at several times they say like he has like a bigger brain mm-hmm. or something like he's, he's becoming more evolved. And so then when you see him, it's very underwhelming. Right. Because it's like, this is like the peak of hum- of human evolution. Right. <laughs> which, I mean, it doesn't make any sense really on any level. No. And, which and, is, and, and, I guess we'll get more into that as also, we actually talk uh, about the episode. But. Yeah. And, cause like we, and that's the thing. Like, it would have been nice to have a higher evolution to a higher being that's very apparent because we already had like right. a de-evolution in TNG where right. everyone on this ship be- de- de-evolves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have Caveman Riker. You know, we Love have Caveman Riker. Caveman, Caveman Riker rules. You know Caveman Riker lays some crazy dick. Oh, yeah. Like, he gets into that primal shit. <laughs> that episode was fun, and that was clear that there was a de-evolution in process. I mean, mm-hmm. they say it. Yeah. and But in this, we have, like, oh, this is the higher state of human existence, and it doesn't translate to Scream at all. No. And, yeah, and there's... It, it gets bad. It, it does, so... <laughs> it's... it's and then, Yeah. So, let's, let's just get into this. Let's get into so, it. So, Star Trek Voyager, episode Threshold. Uh, season 2, episode 15. It first aired January 29th, 1996. Mm. It is the 31st overall episode of Voyager. Its teleplay is by Bren Braga, who is a Star Trek legend, co-creator of Enterprise, writer on TNG, Voyager, mm-hmm. and Enterprise, notably not DS9 ever, mm. and co-writer of Mission Impossible 2, which is not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, he also co-wrote First Contact and Generations. Uh, he also wrote 16 episodes of 24, the series. Mm. Never watched 24. Yeah. Uh, he co-created the series Salem and The End is Nigh with Bill Nye mm. and wrote seven episodes of The Orville most recently. Mm. Um, we have a story here by Michael DeLuca, who is a producer um, and I think was like the head of New Line Cinema at the time. Mm. And he produced such films as The Mask, Lost in Space, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, Magnolia, mm. Rush Hour 2, and I Am Sam. Interesting bunch of films there. Um, yeah. And it was directed by Alexander Singer, who directed 22 episodes of Star Trek overall, including TNG Ship in a Bottle and Descent. 
DS9's The Adversary and Hard Time. Oh, nice. Which is a good one. And Voyager's Tattoo. Oh, no. And Worst Case Scenario. So this guy did, like, all of the worst episodes of Voyager, <laughs> objectively. Yeah. Some fucking stinkers. Yeah. Like, I looked at his entire resume, and I'm like, I don't really love any episode in his entire... <laughs> even, like, the DS9 episodes he did, I didn't love. Yeah. Hard Time, I did. Like, yeah, Hard Time. I, I do like... Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so maybe Hard Time, but pretty yeah, much Yeah, Hard Time's a concept I used for a D&D campaign once. Mm. I like it. Interesting. Yeah. Time so, prison. Mind prison. Let's, let's jump right in, baby. Yeah. We open on Tom Paris piloting a shuttlecraft. He's up to warp seven when we join him. On the other end, Bellana gives him instructions as he engages the trans warp drive. And I'm like, yo, are you telling me this entire warp drive is trans? <laughs> Because that's sick as fuck. I'll suck, that's her, awesome. I'll suck her dick. Um, so That'd be funny if it had like trans flag as like, the trail that leads behind the nacelles. That'd be sick as fuck. Uh, so he goes past warp 9.6, 9.7, 9.9, 9.95, and he approaches the threshold of warp 10 as he begins to break up and his ship breaches. Mm-hmm. Tom Paris is dead. Yep. On the holodeck, at least. It's revealed he was in a simulation with Taurus and Harry Kim watching. Paris is disappointed and wipes his mouth for some reason. Probably cum on his lips. (laughs) Opening credits, one minute and 20 seconds. Very weak cold open. Mm. Gives no clue to what's going to happen in the episode and doesn't set it up particularly well, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I guess you got the sense, like, okay, they're working on the the warp 10 threshold. I guess. Yeah. Not great. (laughs) So when we return, Harry... Paris and Taurus are reviewing their simulation, and apparently, the pylon keeps buckling and ruining everything. Harry makes a suggestion as Neilis comes over. He serves some coffee and offers his help. Paris sarcastically asks if he knows anything about quantum warp theory, and Neelix says he's a quick study and sits down. Yeah, they're always so dismissive of him. They should be. (laughs) Uh, Taurus asks... Uh, if he has anything to eat, and Neelix says there's some stuff in the kitchen, so Taurus goes to find them herself. He's a terrible host as well. Uh, Harry tries to dissuade Neelix, but he's insistent that he can handle quantum warp theory. Paris relents and tells him they're trying to go warp t- 10, which is infinite velocity, meaning you're all places at all times. Time and distance would have no meaning, and the Voyager could be home in a snap if they had it. Neelix offers a tale of one of his previous adventures and makes Paris think about some solutions. Harry agrees, and they come up with some technobabble solution. Paris hugs Neelix and calls him a genius, which I think is the beginning of his mental decline in this episode. <laughs> Neelix, Neelix offered a solution, whether he was aware of it or not. He did. He just told a stupid story. And yeah. It sucked. I don't know. <laughs> so, <clears throat> back on the holodeck, Paris is testing out their new theory, and everyone, everything goes according to plan. Warp 10 is achieved in their simulation, at least. Which is, it's it's so funny, like, he, he does the impossible. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's, like, part of, like, one reason why this episode is infamous is because, like, it's this impossible barrier mm-hmm. that, like, because, I mean, back on the Federation, back on Earth and other testing places, they obviously have their, their best minds, mm-hmm. like, uh, like tackling this that very same problem. Right. Like, breach, like crossing that threshold to warp 10. Mm-hmm. And the person that does it is the flyboy. 
Right. You know, and, the, the fucking Maki <laughs> trader yeah, who has yeah. been a Starfleet officer for a season and a half at this point. Yeah. Approximately like, uh, you know, like 14 months in season. Yeah. And, like, and he just cracks it like second try mm-hmm. to us. And it's just like, I mean, it's obviously like, okay, well, they need to do this for the rest of the episode to happen. But it's just right. like, it feels like, I don't know, maybe this should have been like, something that would have been worked on throughout the uh, season right and honestly like it should have been something like to reinforce like how genius maybe like Taurus is or something like that yeah. like it shouldn't have been like the pilot who figured out how to go warp 10 <laughs> yeah it, it definitely it didn't get the sense of like of a, i mean we had you know we had harry torres and um and uh paris, paris working on it mm-hmm. but it definitely felt more like paris was leading the entire entire research thing and i felt that this was this and i think taurus outranks him at this point right yeah and it would have been i think she's a lieutenant and he's a junior lieutenant, yeah sure. it, w- it would have been good to have like yeah taurus lead this as an engineer or something or mm-hmm. or you know or or even like they could have like and i feel like this is one thing that like voyager didn't do a lot is like have a lot of like new perspectives from aliens in the Delta Quadrant that they've never encountered before who mm-hmm. have different technology and like this would have been an interesting also an interesting episode to have like an alien come and help it would have <laughs> like to like because then they would have gotten like gotten the perspective of like a potentially like more evolved or more technologically advanced species that would help them mm-hmm. do this and because it seems like I mean, this is like what ten ten um, minutes into the episode, and we have warp ten. <laughs> we yeah. have we have beyond warp ten. I mean, it's it's the crux of the like episode, I guess. So yeah, it kind of makes sense in a way. Yeah. So in a conference room, Janeway congratulates the team on achieving warp ten in simulation. Uh, yeah. Taurus asks if they can do a manned tests. Janeway asks what their flight plan is, and Paris says the minute he crosses the threshold of transwarp he'll cut power then they can check the sensor logs and learn how to adapt the technology to the voyager mm-hmm. chakotay asks if they're ready janeway muses that in previous centuries they've always used technology wisely okay janeway <laughs> <coughs> what the fuck is this maybe in the last two centuries or so like according to the federation whatever but but humans have a historical way of appropriating technologies to crush civilizations that lack such technologies. Yeah. Think of guns. Think of biological warfare. We like, literally just had a movie about this subject, yeah. Oppenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> think about steel, oil, nuclear arms. Janeway is either like super ignorant of history, or maybe it's just Brandon Braga. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, like it's basically ignoring. Like, that's the thing. Like, like especially now oh my god like we have very few technological advancements that actually further you know the betterment of the human species and more yeah. of like to destroy people no <laughs> it's like it's, it's, i mean yeah like it's all we focus on now is like maximizing profits and destroying people yeah oftentimes which go part and parcel yeah <laughs> um yeah. like uh, you know maybe janeway is just being very optimistic you know Maybe it's just Brandon Bragham. I mean, this is like what twenty three something, uh, twenty three seventy something. Yeah. Yeah. So I could see maybe last last two hundred years. Twenty three seven three. I want to say. So I mean, this is she. She's referencing. She's not going back to now mm. in mm. our time. So. Yeah, because I know at least twenty three seven four is when the species eight two seven four thing happens. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's next season for mm. here. So. 
Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Janeway says there's no way to put the genie back in the bottle, which makes me wonder why there's no Warp 10 in Starfleet 20 years from now. Yeah. <laughs> or in any other Star Trek at all. Uh, yeah, the parish just forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Oops. Yeah. Oops, well, I did this thing. Everyone forgot about it. I did this thing that's, that's impossible. fucking revolutionary. Yeah. Like, that would, like, literally, like, bring us back home in a second, but we needed to forget about yeah, it. Yeah, and, and, and even though, like, I'm, like... If it was this this was a failure mm-hmm. ultimately no that doesn't mean like can't be revisited and and i know keep like people from becoming lizards in exactly the they just need to like put a fucking warp field around them while they're yeah you know in warp 10 i guess or something yeah do like, something but something that yeah like more people more people should have eyes on not just like mm-hmm. the fly boy comes up with it and then just like scraps it and then never talks about it again yeah they're like well <laughs> i made him a lizard man so that's yeah, it yeah can't do it ever again <laughs> so paris is lounging uh in his room in his robe when janeway comes in and it looks like a real nice robe yeah and this is some foreshadowing to mm-hmm. there bow chicka wow wow oh uh, yeah so- coming in coming in he's in his bathrobe so Janeway says she spoke to the doctor, and it's under his opinion that they let Harry Kim do the test flight, and Paris is crushed. She says it's because Paris's biometric readings show a slight imbalance that might change him when he crosses the threshold, and he might get a brain hemorrhage. There's a 2% chance of it. And Paris is like, damn the chances! I'll take the chance! And uh, since he wants to do the flight and get all the glory for his time in trouble. But you know what's also very bizarre mm. is like we have the, the it, right now they have probes. You can you can program a probe to do things. That's true. They and could. and so they they didn't think to automate this first attempt. No. Like like they're just like no. going they're going straight to human trials. Yep. Like which is like you know we in our spur, in our first forays in the space fight you know we sent dogs and monkeys up there and mm-hmm. just like to see how they would survive. And it would make sense to have it like an automated type thing and have some sort of like, and not maybe not, you know, we don't have to put like, you know, now the Federation's more evolved. Right. But they can put like a, some a, some sort of like bi- biological matter on there. Right. I mean, and they, see they how could put it something, changes. yeah, just like slightly less than human, but still like um, Robert Beltran. <laughs> 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 so, like Paris comes up from behind him with a with a with a with a with an ether soaked rag and, and makes him pass makes him pass out. And he wakes up tied to a chair and like it's about to go warped in. He's like, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like they they did they should have put Robert Beltran on there. Yeah, or just something like I'm sure they have like uh some sort of like biological cube or something of like of matter that could see how it how, right. how it's treated. But, you know, know, that's just me. I wouldn't jump to human trials right away. <laughs> yeah, you know, but you're not Elon Musk. Uh, I'm not Elon Musk, yeah. <laughs> everyone, so uh, Tom says that everyone used to say Tom Paris would do something important when he grew up, and he wants to live up to that. Like, what the fuck, dude? That's just a weird thing. Yeah. Paris insists, and Janeway And I think they okay should have said, it. like, Tom, I think they, I think it should have came from a different perspective where mm-hmm. everyone was telling Tom Paris that he was going to fuck up. Yeah, yeah, like true. That, that would, yeah, that would, that's that, true. That and would, he's like, I, I, yeah, I don't want to live that up. Like, yeah, because that's the thing. He's smart, but he's also kind of, he's a huge of, fuck up. He's a huge, huge fuck, fuck up. up. Like, <laughs> Jamie took him out of a prison colony yeah. for trading with the Maquis. Yeah, like, like yeah. He, he's definitely done some shady shit in his past, and and he does have this perspective of himself. Mm-hmm. Of, of, of people have this perspective of him that is sort of like you know that he's kind of a criminal he's kind of roguish mm-hmm. and so this would be it would make sense that he was like no this is something that will help redeem me that will change pe- how people perceive me in the future 
Like this is this is why it's so important instead yeah. of like I need to do this because I was told I was going to do great things. Like no, you weren't. Like everyone hates you. <laughs> <laughs> so back on the bridge, Paris takes off in the shuttle, and Voyager follows him. Engineering checks his status and clears him for transwarp drive. The shuttle exceeds maximum velocity and approaches the threshold. Velocity achieved. Warp motherfucking 10. First time ever. Suddenly, Paris's comms go funny as he disappears off the sensors. He's fucking gone. He suddenly comes back, shuttle and all, with weak life signs, and he's transported to sick bay immediately. In sickbay, uh, EMH doctor says he's mostly normal, just asleep, and wakes him up with a start. And it's it's great. Janeway's mm-hmm. like, can you wake him up? And he's like, uh, sure. And then he just <laughs> leans down to his ear. He's like, wake up, Mr. Paris! <laughs> just yells it in his ear. It's so good. Um, I love EMH. He's yeah, me awesome. too. Uh, so Tom says he remembers what happened. He was staring at the velocity indicator, and he suddenly realized that he was watching himself. That he could see everything. For a moment, he was everywhere. He says he can't explain because it wasn't like anything else. He says he got back to Voyager. Uh, the way he got back to Voyager was looking. He knew Voyager was looking for him, so he took the engines offline and just ended up back where he started. Mm-hmm. So, so he's basically controlling where he went with thought. Kind of, like, yeah. He's like, yeah, he kind of, like, which is like something, like, he, he entered a, a higher state of existence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like right. and it's just like oh that happened mm-hmm. cool yeah and it's it's weird he wasn't like i was everywhere at once but mostly i was in Cass's pussy <laughs> yeah. and, but you think like you know if that was you know if he could have done that 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 shows that he could have gone to earth real quick right exactly <laughs> and, like, and it's, it's strange that they yeah they know that this shuttle can do that and like mm-hmm. he didn't just like transport himself back to earth and be like done with it <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, well, later losers <laughs> yeah or or just be like help we're all lost in space like yeah, we need yeah, some yeah. help i'll take you guys there right now and then brings a bunch of people back but then there's just a bunch of lizards in the <laughs> 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 they don't know what happened yeah um so suddenly Taurus comes in and is very concerned, but the shuttle made it back without a scratch. Paris has just made the history books. Wow. <laughs> Let's never talk about it ever again. <laughs> never. Uh, so they look at the shuttle logs, and as expected, they have sensor readings on everything, over si- 5 billion gigaquads of information. Janeway says the telemetry gives them boundless knowledge, and they could use the readings for an untold number of things. Yeah. Again, this is something that should have been an automated flight. That should have been like cameras, mm-hmm. like sensors. Sensors. They just have the sensors. That's all they need. Yeah, and and just like figure out w- like what the experience is like, and if a human being can survive it. But at the same time, like they would have lost it because no one was there to cut the engines. That's so, true. But yeah. they could have had like a like a just like a a drinky bird. <laughs> just go down. Just go down and hit the yeah. stop button. I like that. <laughs> just yeah, something like uh, like water based. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so in the mess hall, Nilix has made a new coffee blend named after Tom Paris. Mm. He calls it like Paris or something. Paris Delight or some yeah. shit like that. So Taurus, which is which isn't great because like Paris is like a place no one's gonna know it's named after Tom Paris. Yeah, that's like one yeah, of the Neelix most important does, cities in the entire Federation. Neelix doesn't know what Paris is. Paris, what a fucking dumbass. So uh, <laughs> Taurus says that uh, Paris should get used to the hero status. Apparently, the coffee is bad, and Paris complains. That would be funny if like if if they did give Tom Paris some accommodation. 
and um, and he just wore it throughout the rest of the series. Right, right. <laughs> like just a little medal that's on. And, and he just like whenever <laughs> anyone disagrees with him, he just looks it down in his medal and looks back at them. Uh, did you discover warp ten? <laughs> yeah, that's right, loser. <laughs> you can fuck off. I don't care about your opinion. Yeah. I'm using this urinal, even if you're using it. <laughs> I went through the threshold, and now that's why I can do this. Yeah, that's why I can touch your penis at the urinal. <laughs> <laughs> just move you slightly out of the way so I can use it. Um. So, suddenly Paris feels unwell and thinks it's the coffee. Then he gets a headache and falls over, veins bursting out of his head. And this, the makeup's pretty good here. Yeah. Uh, Taurus calls to have him beamed to medical, but they can't lock onto his signature. So she calls medical crew to come get him. In Med Bay, the doctor says Paris is having an allergic reaction of sorts. Taurus says he drank Neelix's coffee, and the doctor says it's a miracle he's still alive, which is some great levity, like the only levity in the episode, and like yeah. really fun, actually. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. Uh, it's, just funny, it's also especially funny because the doctor can't even try Neelix's cooking. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't even know what taste is, and he's, yeah, he's still, he's still clowning on him, and yeah, it's great. He's still hating on Neelix. Yeah, I love that. So the doctor says he's having an allergic reaction to the water in the coffee. Suddenly, Paris's body starts to change as Paris gasps for breath and his lungs mutate. He's no longer processing oxygen. The doctor erects an isolation chamber and puts more nitrogen in there, which allows Paris to breathe for now. Paris cries out in pain. His cellular membranes are deteriorating, and he's dying. The doctor demands more information on the shuttle flights. Uh-oh, something's going bad here, man. Something's going bad. Something's going real bad. Later in Medbay, Paris is doing poorly and asks if he's dying. The doctor calls him too stubborn to die. We learn that Paris's middle name is Eugene. <laughs> cool. Uh, the doctor tries some technobabble treatments. Paris says everyone but Taurus will cry when he's dead and asks if the doctor will. But he says it's not in his programming, yeah. which is pretty cold, man. Yeah. Um, Paris remembers all the times as a kid he would cry alone in his room saying he lost his virginity in that room. And the doctor says, oh, I'll be sure to add that to your file. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that is something that's just generally put in the files. Lost virginity at 17. I hope so. It's important <laughs> information. Uh, suddenly, Paris's lymphatic system begins to collapse, and they pump him full of stuff. Paris asks for a kiss from Kess, but she can't remove the atmosphere or else he'll die. Damn, and then she's still Neelix's girl. And I know. Still, like, he's still trying to. She's still willing, though. She's like, yeah. I mean, you're <laughs> she considers a lot it for better than Neelix. You see, yeah, she considers it for a moment. She's like, mm. Mm, I mean, how about a how about a quick blowy? <laughs> um, so he asked the doctor to call Starfleet and tell his dad uh, that he did. He did it, like warp ten when he dies. Mm. So suddenly Paris goes critical, and they activate a neurosimulator. Nothing. He's fucking dead. The doctor deactivates the force field as they mourn Paris. The doctor says they will perform an autopsy in the morning and suggests Kess get some rest. She leans over and kisses Paris on the cheek. Oh, he got him some. Oh. He got him a little bit. Uh, and and I'll, I'll, the, the, the clay Paris did end up having sex with Kess. True. Yeah. No. So alone in an office, the doctor senses something. He gets up from his chair and walks into medbay. He lifts the sheet covering Paris... And he's alive again. How? Who knows? Who cares? He scratches his head and his hair falls off. He asks what's happening and the doctor doesn't know. 
He says all of his internal organs are functioning again, but he seems to have an extra one. Two hearts. (laughs) And this is where it basically becomes crimes of the future. Yeah, exactly. I was was actually going to point out this is just like crimes of the future. (laughs) Except it's not a sexual experience to get get surgery. Well, I mean, surgery is the new sex. Do you think David Cronenberg, because we we know that David Cronenberg is a fan of Star Trek. He's in Star Trek. He's literally in Star Trek Discovery. He's an actor. He definitely has seen this and been like, okay, I'm taking that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to make a weird sex thing about surgery and extra organs hell yeah Um, definitely uh, 30 years from now (laughs) so in his quarters uh crewman michael jonas sends the kazon all the information on the warp 10 flight the kazon is in disbelief so jonas gives him the information to prove it himself which is weird i don't think they ever revisit this ever i think maybe do they I don't know okay. if it ever it sets it up for a big thing, but and but also it's like the Kazon were set up for a big thing. The Kazon were just so side wiped after the Borg came in. They the were series. so juiceless. They were the oh. most juiceless like oh, villainous. They didn't race. have any fucking Riz, dude. <laughs> they, they were they were like they were like Borgs or not Borg. They were like Klingons with micro penises. They were like, like they were like big yeah oompa loompas. Yeah, with, with kale for heads. Yeah, with kale for hair, and it was just like. They they did not ever really establish them as a genuine like threat. threat. Yeah. yeah, and so I think that's why they had to be like, "Fuck the K's aren't art hitting. We <laughs> need the Borg." <laughs> so in Medbay, uh, the doctor explains that Paris is mutating and his DNA is rewriting itself, and he can't reverse it. Even his brain is changing almost every second. But he recognizes himself, the ship, the crew, and his duty. But he's becoming something else Uh oh. Janeway enters medbay and Paris is all fucked up skin and veins everywhere he looks like a big old penis yeah his uh, skin is hanging off the back of his head yeah his foreskin is all chapped and disgusting (laughs) and this is where I was like I definitely got some elephant man vibes a little yeah yeah you're not wrong because like I was just like you know what the the fly yeah the The fly fly. it makes more sense as the fly Yeah. yeah but like I was like I'm wondering if like maybe this is his like you know is uh, going to be added to his reel if he ever were to do like a Elephant Man one man show or, like, <laughs> or something. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Robert, Robert Duncan McNeil is the Elephant Man. I don't think he wants to do that, and I don't think we want him to do that either. <laughs> so Janeway enters Med Bay, and Paris is all fucked up, skin and veins, looking like a penis. He says he feels like a lab experiment gone wrong. He also kind of looks like the. Um, the future person from enterprise you know when he gets yeah when he be, when he becomes like half baby half old man yeah <laughs> the baby man uh janeway says they're trying to reconstruct paris and he wonders why since what he's becoming is likely better than tom paris anything's better than tom paris yeah uh, tom paris is so deprecating self-deprecating <laughs> yeah so uh janeway says they're trying to help but he insists that this might be the best thing that ever happened to him and he doesn't want to be changed back he accuses Janeway and the crew of being liars and thinks Tom Paris is unwanted. He wants her to admit she's jealous and sh- she wants Paris to die. And this goes also goes back to the po- to the point we were making earlier. Just like it, he should have been saying, like you know, I'm a fuck up. This mm. is my chance to not be a fuck up. Right, right. And so then that would make this whole speech make more sense. Like you right. know, like 
you know, I'm becoming something better. I'm becoming something that's not exactly. the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't, I don't feel like a fuck up anymore. Mm-hmm. And because I'm becoming something greater, but because he's, you know, he's fucking delusioned right now and mm-hmm. saying so. But he still has that sort of like um, opinion of himself that he mm-hmm. needs to become better or prove himself in some way. Yeah. No. yeah. So, Paris apologizes and uh, reveals himself to have bipolar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wei insists that they're doing everything they can to help him. He says he knows and then tries to attack her, but he's held in by a force field. He tells Janeway she seems so small and insignificant, but then his tongue comes out and he can't really talk anymore. <laughs> pretty cool yeah that's a, that's a great clap back it's like you seem so small and insignificant and then your fucking tongue falls out <laughs> i retract my statement <laughs> oh fuck um well i, I got got <laughs> i lose <laughs> so later in medbay kess reports that paris's genetic mutation is increasing in speed paris calls out and says he needs to talk urgently he tells Kess and the doctor to get him out of there, and he begs. He says he needs to get off the ship. He, need, he now understands what he must do. The present and the past are both the future, and the future is in the past. Yeah, yeah. He's he not sa- making any sense. No, no. He says he is more, that he's everything. He's talking like, you know, the guy who's had a few too many, uh, you know, malt liquors yeah. on the street. And that's why, like, from this point, and that's why I, it, they, they should have made him more evolved person. Like, we had, like, you know, I think at one point Barclay become a more evolved person, you know, and, like, he did that, you know, the, the hollow deck uh, right, thing. Right, right, right. Um, and I think, and that's where it felt it was going, because, like, yeah, it seems like, you know, Paris understands, like, time and mm-hmm. space in a completely different at a, at a different other different co- on a completely different level than any other person on the planet mm-hmm. like he is is a more evolved person yeah. <laughs> like his his brain's too big and he's seen shit and he understands shit he's some galaxy brain shit he's like yeah. some people on on twitter like yeah. they're just too big brain to too be big, anywhere too big brained too and, big brained. and instead like we get this other route which is like okay that doesn't make any sense <laughs> like why <laughs> like why why this would happen uh, so Paris begs them to let him go, and Kess asks where, uh, where, and he continues to beg. In the conference room, Janeway, Taurus, and Chakotay listen to a message from the doctor about his treatment plan for Paris. He says he wants to destroy all the new DNA and let the body rebuild itself, but they need to use the warp core to do so. They agree, but they don't have enough time. They must do it within the hour, and Janeway tells them to get fucking moving! So Paris is now in Med Bay and he's fully a fucking lizard man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he kind of looks like a weird flesh colored frog. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> I, I don't know exactly what to compare him to, but yeah, he's very fleshy, very scaly, mm-hmm. very lizardy. Which um, apparently they did make a toy of this of this version. Really? Of, yeah, of, of Tom Paris. Yeah, it's- I want to put that in the cum jar. <laughs> The threshold man in the cum jar. The lizard's got to be in his swamp. <laughs> the cum swamp. Um, cool. Uh, so, uh, Paris is fully a lizard man. Taurus tells the doctor they're ready to go and fuse Paris with antimatter bursts. Paris, restless, tries to escape from the med bay. Kess reports the antimatter bursts are not working. Suddenly, Paris escapes from the bed and fights off security. It's kind of weird they didn't sedate him for this. 
It is strange. Because it, cause like already they've established that he has an aggression issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the fact that he has to be under constant force field to keep from tearing people apart. Yeah. And so it's just like, okay, well, and that's, and yeah, so they, and they, and that's why like they're, you know, Taurus originally said, gave an estimate, like, I need three hours to prepare for this. And they're right. like, no, we no, need to do it now. So it's like, so if there's like, this rush to do it like you want to make sure everything goes without any sort of like right any kind of hit so you want to fucking sedate this motherfucker right, <laughs> keep him, right, keep him right. passed out so he doesn't do anything crazy and fuck everything up yeah that's just me though you know whoop eight nine ten to go <laughs> i want to be sedated lizard man about to blow oh, i want to be sedated yeah they should sedate him for sure yeah. um so ru- Mm. Par- uh, Paris fights off security and Tuvok releases, uh, raises a security alert. Mm-hmm. So everyone's looking for him now. Walking through the hallway, Chakotay gives uh, Janeway an update on Paris and they can't find him. Janeway steps into a turbo lift, but Paris is right behind her and knocks her out. They track this based on the phaser fire from the bridge and Chakotay sends a security a- team after them. Back with Paris, he lays Janeway down on the floor of a shuttle. Harry Kim reports a shuttle taking off. The shuttle leaves and goes into warp, and Voyager follows soon after. Both ships near maximum velocity, while the shuttle takes off ahead of Voyager. Chakotay is forced to slow down as the shuttle goes into transwarp. On the shuttle, Janeway observes going into transwarp. Next, we get a first officer's log. From Chakotay. First officer's log, stardate 49373.4. It's taken us three days to locate the shuttle. It appears to have dropped out of transwarp in an uninhabited star system. In Medbay, the doctor says he thinks he can finally understand what happened to Paris. The mutations are in fact natural, a sort of evolution in line with humans discovering transwarp. The only difference between natural evolution and Paris's change is that it happened in a day rather than a millennia. Mm. Suddenly, Harry Kim calls and says they found the shuttlecraft on an uninhabited planet. Chakotay, Tuvok, and a security team head down. On the planet... (laughs) On the planet are two giant lizards. (sighs) Janeway in Paris. (laughs) The lizard version. The lizard version, which... Okay. <laughs> like, like, this is this is where the I mean they could have gone a lot of ways with this episode from this point, and this mm-hmm. is where it goes fully off the fucking rails. Off the fucking rails, where it's just like it, like it to the point where it completely like deflates the discovery of warp ten. Yeah, and it's just like okay, so that's what happens. You become a lizard, right? And it makes them have to like sweep warp ten under the rug, so it's no longer a good explanation or a way for them to get home. Yeah, which is strange because the Borg use transwarp conduits all the time, mm-hmm. and they don't evolve into lizard Borg. I don't think. No, I don't know. Or they have technology to protect them from becoming lizard Borg. I guess so. And and so, and, and it, it's almost comical when they find them. Yeah. Because um, no, it's not almost comical. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious. 
it's unintentionally one of the funniest moments in all of Star Trek, especially if you've seen the episode before. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, here it fucking comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Oh my God. Why? Oh my God. Why did they do this? Because, yeah, these supposedly like hyper evolved versions of humanity are completely helpless. They're right. just floundering around on a on a beach doing weird animal shit. They're but according to Brandon Braga, maybe evolution is really de-evolution. How? Know. Explain it. They look like um what are the, those things called axe waddles? Yeah, yeah. Like they, yeah, cuz they have that they have those sort of like weird little branches coming from their faces and mm-hmm. they have no back legs. They're just stumps. Right. And they have like these little little flippers. They like apparently the like we lose our thumbs in this part this other like yeah we use the ability to use tools like (laughs) it's devolving like we go back to lizard people once we reach trans warp because at that point like what's the point of like having a brain big enough to understand trans warp if you're gonna wait i don't wait 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 no, lose, it doesn't make any sense. They lose all concept of identity. Yeah. Like, like, like he should have like fucking evolved into a being of light or some shit. Yeah. Like, like if he can be everywhere at once, then what's the point of like a physical form? Yeah. Why? Especially we- a lizard. Why? <laughs> why are lizards especially suited to go trans warp to warp ten to be everywhere at once? I don't understand that. I don't understand it either. I don't understand what like, what Brandon Braga is trying to say here. And and we see that they're completely helpless and almost unaware of their surroundings because Chakotay finds them. And they just pick them up and take them. <laughs> they just zap them. They just zap them <laughs> and fucking leave their children. And, and very slowly, zap them one by one. They go... <laughs> They're like, oh oh, no. Oh, no. I'm a wizard. Yeah. Uh, It was, it was, they don't have any sort of defense mechanism. So basically, I guess once we reach warp 10, mm -hmm. we basically just become food. Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, yeah, we go back to the bottom of the food chain. Yeah, go back to the bottom of the food chain where there's some other higher creature that exists in the warp 10 space that (laughs) feeds on the lizard people right we evolved to like the lowest being of the warp 10 (laughs) continuum and just like yeah that's like where we get to start out is is like fucking humans yeah i don't i I don't know what it's trying to say (laughs) it's just that we can't do warp 10 because of reasons oh sure okay that makes sense yeah so suddenly some lizard babies pop their head out from a hole after uh, the you know they stun uh lizard janeway and lizard paris Mm. and uh they run into some water and that's that that's after (laughs) them we never hear about them ever again oh well yeah chakotay says like i decided to leave them on the planet yeah which why the fuck they're babies they're babies they're gonna die (laughs) and also they're an invasive species they're not natural to this planet's development this is so this is entirely against um, the prime directive. The prime directive. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Like yeah. you were in- introducing an invasive species. I mean, they didn't. To be fair, they didn't introduce it. Paris did. Still, you fucking take them. You're responsible yeah, right, for them. Yeah, right. True. True. Yeah. Like you take them and let the doctor turn them into humans. We have three now human children. <laughs> like, That's actually a great point. I feel like yeah, yeah, because these things potentially can be like reversed back into human form if they're i don't know yeah who knows like because they they, do, they, they they did a fine job with fucking paris and jane they, they did perfect they're back to normal jesus christ <laughs> like we don't they don't even try to like and that's the thing if you don't even if you don't even want to turn them back into humans you're still fucking responsible for them they're your 
they're they're, they're, they're trans warp beings. You want to take them at least for like scientific explanation. Yeah, and just like study where we went wrong or what their utility is. Yeah, or just like you know you care for them because despite everything else, they're still human. Mm-hmm technically almost they're and they're at least the progeny of human and fucking paris and jane we don't care they don't care they don't give a fuck <laughs> like our or no one tells them hey by the way you have three kids uh yeah <laughs> instead it's almost a joke that they slept together they're just like oh you know you know it's just like okay no but you slept together and then you produced children in the matter of three oh, days God. Yeah, like right? why don't you why don't you feel no responsive like you have three babies on a planet that you just left there. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's like you basically just did a late, 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 late term abortion. The the explanation <laughs> they give is Chakotay just says he doesn't know how to enter this into the log. <laughs> yeah, Chakotay. Yeah. And and Tuvok says I look forward to reading it. <laughs> I look forward to reading it. Yeah. So next we get another first officer's log, which is one of the most absurd things of all time. <laughs> First officer's log supplemental. We've transported the captain and Mr. Paris back to sick bay. As for their offspring, I've decided to leave them in their new habitat. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, well, uh, that's great for babies. Yeah, that's Especially three-day-old babies. Mm-hmm. That's going to work real well for them, I'm sure. Yeah, I, that's what that, that would be interesting to revisit this planet, like, just to be like, okay, well, what did these... I hope they do it in Prodigy. Yeah. Now that they're not connected to the studio system of Paramount, yeah. they might be able to like revisit it and make Threshold it interesting. Threshold babies. Threshold babies. I hope they do so much. <laughs> that would rule. I think I made I made, I made the guess that... Uh, what was the purple guy's name? Because they mentioned them in, yeah. in an episode. What was the purple guy's name? Uh, da, uh, da, doll. Doll, yeah. I think I made, I made the... Um, um, the th- uh, I had proposed a theory that Doll was one of the th- uh, threshold babies because mm. when, they, when they saw oh, that, right, he had, right, that right. he had human DNA, I was just like, "Oh my god, he could be a threshold he could baby. Be. He could be a hundred percent." But like, but still, I think it, bringing back the threshold babies, giving some closure because that's pretty fucked up what they did to him. It's incredibly fucked up. Like, they the, yeah, they're babies; they can't protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, they're an, an invasive species on this planet. They're going to overpopulate. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. They're just going to, they're, they're just going to be and like. They're going to start cannibalizing each other. Like, they're going to yeah. go back to the planet. And it's going to be the, like the most barbaric society ever of just yeah. lizard people eating there's, each other. There's like, there's like, uh, whatever species was supposed to evolve and like develop on this planet, they just like go and eat. <laughs> like, there's, there's like, there's some other, like the, the natural species on this planet, like, is uh, this of moving? like benevolent plant beings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we are connected to all the, what are you doing? Are you oh, eating? Oh, no. no. This is bad. Damn you humans. You left your threshold babies here. <laughs> so Paris and Janeway are reverted back to their human selves using the doctor's anti-proton With treatments. no consequences whatsoever. No, it's just like not really explained. They just, yeah. It, yeah, it's like it was so difficult for the doctor three days ago. Now. But, but the, it's a bigger burst. He's using bigger burst, baby. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Bigger bursts. Gotta give him, gotta give him them big bursts, baby. <laughs> Gotta give him a big old burst shot. I feel like with with everything that this this episode covers, it mm. probably should have been like a two parter. Yeah, I like, mean, it, it like, should have something. been a zero parter. <laughs> it should have been a zero. Yeah, I mean, this. Is, I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we like the lizard thing is just completely out of left field. But I have to imagine, like, probably just like you know, space space will be like that. Dumb sometimes, like space do be like that. You just be like, you know what? I'm gonna do this thing. Oh, it turns you into a lizard. Okay. <laughs> 
I guess so. <laughs> Goddamn. Fucking God space be crazy. Space be crazy. So Paris is extremely embarrassed about having mated with Captain Janeway, though he says he hardly remembers the, the whole event. Janeway accepts his apology, but admits that she might have also been active in the mating process. And so she may even have been the one who initiated it, which is someone's boss I would have never said out loud ever, forever, never. Yeah, and like you all you you had three children mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is this isn't just like oh i maybe i initiated the mating like yeah you did like whoever Let's hope did it was consensual yeah yeah you, you did and now there's three children right <laughs> that you are now responsible that you for. abandoned you, you like abandoned. you're a lizard you literally <laughs> laid three eggs <laughs> and they hatched they hatched Oh, you, um, you, a mammal laid eggs. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Janeway puts Paris in for a commendation for his achievement. <laughs> for, for raw dogging me on, yeah, on a planet yeah. as a lizard. Raw dogging me. <laughs> <laughs> and to Tom Paris, the you raw dog, the captain is a lizard man. <laughs> Award. It's brand new, just for you. <laughs> yeah, we'll give first, it out every year. The first annual Raw Dog the Captain as a Lizard Award. <laughs> <laughs> That's the pin that, he, like, we were just talking about how he wears a pin for the rest of the episode. <laughs> That's the pin he wears. The first annual Raw Dog the Captain as a Lizard Award. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so Janeway says regardless of the outcome you did make the first trans warp flight well no that's diminishing native voices like the Borg yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's also just the first trans warp flight yeah for your species yeah you fucking humanist yeah that's all right you cross the threshold let's never talk about it ever again or ever try to work on it you ever think like humanist is like a positive term now but the moment we discover extraterrestrial life i feel like it'll Mm. become derogatory yeah yeah right yeah yeah be like saying being like like white power yeah (laughs) oh i'm a humanist it's humans first yeah (laughs) don't go talking that that alien language and looking like that alien they're trash they do do that a lot in enterprise where like where archer is just like instead of thinking like a tellwright or or an andorian you should think like a human and be compassionate right like oh so humans are the only ones capable of compassion. yep (laughs) according to him according to archer yeah he's kind of a space racist space Space racist yeah so um paris admits he has a few more barriers to break to build his self-esteem but Janeway believes he will eventually overcome them. The end of the episode. Yeah, like the EMH needs to prescribe him some antidepressants or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> like like, he's, uh, like he just... needs to uh, prescribe him some getting some pussy. <laughs> that ain't that ain't when you're blacked out as a lizard man. Yeah, because yeah. at this point he's still like, yeah, Taurus is mean yeah. and stuff, and he doesn't get that like that's what he's into, mm. and he wants a bad bitch to tell him what to do. Yeah, I mean, who was he having sex with at this point? Was it just like, I mean, when did the when, anything on the holodeck he could? Yeah, and the they were still going to um, the Captain Proton, right? And, the Captain what, Prostate. What, se- what season did they 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 invent uh, Irish Town? Uh, I don't know. That was Fairhaven's probably season three or four. Or something. Yeah, so he probably he wasn't getting um, weird going to the going to the Irish Town to 
no. sleep with all the all the winches. Yeah, just the Captain Prostate. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what do you think of this episode? I mean, <laughs> like, um, I mean, it's very strange. Like, uh, like it's it's. I mean, Ka- I mean, Brandon Braga said himself, like, you know, this is not a hit. Like, mm-hmm. I had this weird idea. It didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely what it feels like. There was, like, something that they were trying to do. Like, you can't... Like, they introduced, like, a concept that really moves, like, the needle of where technology exists with the Federation mm-hmm. up, up, you know, past, like, the point where it's, like, no. Because, like, at this point, you know... You know, it's like TNG, DS9, Voyager, all basically technologically the same. Not and basically. And so this is like this. This is like a something that would take it, take Voyager beyond. So anything that came after it would definitely have to deal with this sort of like this re- this revelation that going past warp ten is mm-hmm. like is, is is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Didn't work in this instance. Like doesn't mean it can't be workshopped later. Yeah. And made successful. And and so I feel like it's you know making that sort of revelation and then just like completely scrapping it is so, also did the whole service. So we talked a little bit about Brandon Bragg and what he said about it. Yeah. But recently on the Voyager uh, season two DVD set, not recently in two thousand three, mm. he put something else on record saying it's a terrible episode. <laughs> People are very unforgiving about that episode. I've written well over a hundred episodes of Star Trek, yet it seems to be the only episode anyone brings up, you know? Brandon Braga, who wrote Threshold, out of a hundred and some episodes, you're going to have some stinkers. Unfortunately, that was a royal steaming stinker. (laughs) Oh, poor Brandon Braga. Now he's doing like the, now he's talking like Tom Paris. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. He's getting down on himself. Yeah, he immediately prescribed Brandon Homie, Braga. homie, you you dated fucking Jerry Ryan. Damn. Like, fucking take that W, okay, dog? Take that W. Take that W. And see, that's the thing. Like, yeah, he's written over 100 episodes of Star Trek, mm-hmm. and he's, like, focusing on this. Like, he's just like Tom Paris. Tom Paris just discovered the, the threshold past Warp 10, mm-hmm. and he's still focusing on this failure that they became lizards and had sex. Right. And it's just like, you know... Look at the positives, bro. It's like okay, yeah. is Braga Tom Paris? Do we think? I think so. I think maybe. I think I maybe I think like Brandon Braga was speaking uh, about himself through Tom Paris in this episode. I think you might be right. Yeah. yeah so I, I think, think I think Brandon Braga needs to work on self esteem a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Get some of those antidepressants. You know. Yeah. Stop, or, go, go to therapy. You know, men will go to men will go to work past warp ten before they go to therapy. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, men will go through trans warp drive before they admit they're trans. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get there, Brandon Braga. Yeah, yeah, Uh, like uh, but yeah. I mean, that's a like. I do feel like this episode could have been successful, but yeah, just you know, yeah, I I think so. What? How? Give me, give me the scenario. How it ends? Like the moment Paris takes off on the shuttle with. Janeway, I think it goes off the fucking rails. Give me, give me a reasonable ending once that happens. Uh, so I'll, I'll use a, I'll use an example. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever seen the movie The Sphere. Yeah, yeah, I've seen The Sphere. Um, so in The Sphere, they all gain, um, they all realize that they they achieve some higher um, state of existence. Yeah, like some higher consciousness they, from being in the sphere. Yeah, yeah, and like they're able to manipulate reality using their higher consciousness mm-hmm. and they weren't but because it happened so fast they weren't exactly aware of it right and so like 
you know, in the spoilers for the sphere. If you don't want to spoil it for the That's sphere, it's a good movie. Um, um, yeah, watch it. Um, you know, I think I think it's like uh, Samuel L. Jackson that suggests like, what if we just forget? Mm-hmm. And so like, they they use their brains, they use their manipulation of reality to forget that they even have the powers and they no longer use them. Mm-hmm. And so I think like it'll be sort of like almost you know when i think like even when barclay gains that higher awareness like mm-hmm. he's able to just like make him force himself out of it and i think like i think like yeah as we said like like tom Perry should have been like some other form mm-hmm. that is capable of communication and like a light like a light beam right and they ask how to do forget it. And it's almost like also when like Riker gained the powers of the q right like he he willingly gave them up. Right. And I think like there should have been a scene where, yeah, like Tom Paris achieves this higher state of consciousness and then like, and then like he's talked to and then like he either forgets. Honestly, yeah, this, this episode would have been more interesting if like suddenly he like entered the Q realm when he was in mm. Warp 10 or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, that's what the Q is mm. because that is what the Q is. That is. Yeah. Q is basically like a human who is like, you know, with like transwarp properties. Yeah. Like they're It's ama- it's funny that Q didn't step in to stop them. That's true. That's like true. Because, like you're like, not ready for this yet or something. Or, yeah. Or the fact that they didn't like encounter the Borg in the transwarp or something like that. Yeah, that would have been an interesting story, just mm-hmm. like that that they're on the crux, like they're just doing like um as we said, like no no human trials, but they're mm. actually sending an actual ship to do it that comes right. back. And but then like Q appears, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's uh, like, you he, can't do this, or like he, or like yeah, he like appears as some sort of like you know immerses himself in the crew, so they don't even recognize it's Ooh, him, and he's and he's and he's sabotaging the project as it's happening mm. to keep them from doing it, and also kind of just erasing their memories. And then that's like, kind of that's, an interesting idea. That's yeah. that's where like the the conflict comes from is they're trying to figure out why things are going wrong when they seemingly shouldn't, and it's mm. actually Q, you know keeping them from moving too quickly right because that's a whole point why tng starts is like you know q feels like humans are moving too fast. right exactly and this is the discovery of th- of the past warp 10 is definitely like a sign where clearly they enter some higher form of like existence and mm-hmm. and q or you know the q would be like nah dog you can't do that mm-hmm. so yeah i think that yeah that's probably much better much better way to handle this this concept than Lizard people, <laughs> lizard, lizard just, people, just lizards. We're gonna become lizards that are just living like like weird freaks on a on a beach. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. why does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, like it would make sense that there there would be some higher intervention mm. to to curb the like humans like in that point. But right. yeah, or like or yeah, it's like Tom realizing that he's become megalomania, become a megalomaniac, and you know, and that you know he should just like step step down and right step yeah. back yeah. step back yeah yeah there there were things they could do with this episode like ultimately yeah. i i feel it like completely falls off the rails at that point and mm-hmm. you know they 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 could have really revived it by yeah making it about something else maybe bringing in q or the borg or something mm-hmm. like that um yeah and also like ultimately like you know you know, Star Trek isn't just like the techno shit. It's mm. like also like the human shit. Right. And clearly, this is like an episode about Tom's own perception of himself and his own right. self worth. Mm-hmm. And so, it should have been about that. Right. Exactly. And yeah. it, in the end, it's not really. 
No, I mean, yeah, it's it's he's like, I still got some things to do to work on my self-esteem. And, and fucking Janeway's like, yep, Buck, you sure do. <laughs> well, see you later. Oh, yep, yeah, yep, yep, it, yep, it, do. He doesn't come to any sort of like revelation about himself or does mm. like any sort have any sort of like contention with himself. We'll always have Paris. <laughs> yeah, we'll always have Paris. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's just like, all right, well, that's, yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's another way it's not successful is like, yeah, it just drops that whole the whole human story of just yeah. like of of like it drops the human story and the lizard story <laughs> like, and the lizard story and the science story it all yeah. falls apart no and, the, and i think the maybe the real crime here is like they completely ignore this episode for the rest of voyager yeah it's never referenced again in any way whatsoever except uh except i guess in like lower decks and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. yeah yeah exactly in lower decks <laughs> and then in prodigy yeah they they mention it briefly but like that's mm-hmm. it that's yeah. it and yeah, it's, it's played for for gags for, for gags yeah uh, which brought which is also probably just sending daggers into brandon Bragg's heart yeah probably but yeah i mean i think i think yeah i mean that's the thing it, it could have been executed way differently i mean mm-hmm. with a more more traditional like star trek approach you yeah. know just like talking you know this discover this the more of an exploration of humanity and right and stuff and, like that yeah yeah an exploration of ourselves yeah instead of just like what if we became lizards if we went too fast? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the whole the whole episode not good. Yeah. In fact, it's very bad. Like it's fun to watch though. Yeah, it is fun to watch, and I will say it is my most rewatched episode of Voyager. <laughs> oh, yeah. Straight up, yeah. I've watched this episode like I think uh, I checked on my Plex uh, since I've had it five times. Damn. Which I've only had this rip for like two years <laughs> like i watch it pretty often it's one of those things i fall asleep to because i i know it like beat yeah. for beat and it's stupid as fuck it is stupid as fuck uh yeah it's like yeah it's it's kind of what i love about voyager and at the same time it's everything i hate about voyager yeah like of like continuity and like recurring storylines mm-hmm. and real consequences or impact for actions yeah yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it is it's the like, opposite of DS9. Yeah, the opposite of DS9. Right. Yeah, because like, like if this happened in DS9, you bet all three fucking lizard children would be regular cast members from now. <laughs> yeah, on. yeah, yeah. They would have to have like a um, a uh, school on the ship. Yeah, just for lizard children to try to like. Oh, that would have been awesome too, especially for the um, the Voyager, ep- Voyager episode where it um, uh, goes forward in time to show how like you know it became like a generational ship and oh, like, yeah, yeah. and then Naomi Wildman you know mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that so it would have had no Naomi Wildman you know what's his face and um um the three lizard children that could have oh, been, yeah, been fun sick as fuck. they're all grown up yeah yeah but also lizard, like they, they lizard would men and women yeah yeah, yeah. yeah who knows they one trans lizard oh yeah that'd be yeah. nice yeah one big lizard girl dick <laughs> it was so sick yeah, would have been that would have been that because yeah, if they actually brought them back, that would have been fun to have like, yeah, like they would have turned them back and they would turn them into humans, but they could have had like other episodes where like they, you know, they have like some sort of like weird latent abilities because they're naturally born lizard children. So. Right, right. They can see in like warp ten or some shit. Right? Yeah, yeah. Do something with them. Like who knows? Because you, cause you figure like if they're warp ten beings and that's how they evolved to deal with warp ten, like they should have some higher consciousness to deal with warp ten, right? Yeah. And so like with the fact they're not studying these things is crazy to me. Yeah. Because it would help them understand warp ten more and well, like its effects on the human body. You have to look at it. Chakotay was in charge at that. Point. That's true. Chakotay was in Ch- charge. Chakotay is a fucking idiot. And Chakotay is the <laughs> dumbest man on board the entire Enterprise. Straight up. Yeah. So they're they're they they probably they should have had a scene where they like Janeway's just like, what happened to the kids? I left them there. You left them on the 
planet? Why? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> My people have a say. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. Fuck them kids. Fuck them kids. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, good for them. My people have a saying. <laughs> I am paying no child support. <laughs> Damn, Chakotay, you cold. <laughs> you are not the father. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So that's um. That's threshold. That's threshold. Yeah. Yeah. Not. I mean, recommended, but not. I don't know. I don't even know how to feel about this episode or how to talk about it because, like, it's something I watch a lot mm -hmm. because I love corny bad shit. Yeah. But it's like corny and bad and shit. Yeah. And so, like, if you don't like corny bad shit, don't watch it. But if you're into it, do. Yeah, because this is kind of like you know, the Voyager had like a couple, like a like a rocky couple first seasons. And I mean, all Star Trek does. Yeah, all Star Trek does, except for Lower Decks, which has been consistently good, I think. And also, Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks first season is not great. Yeah, it's it's passable, but it's Strange passable. New Strange New Worlds, I think, has had two good strong seasons. But, it has. Yeah. But like, um, uh. But yeah, like they had a couple rocky seasons. So this is really before like you know Voyager really hits its stride and gets mm -hmm. good. So, yep. Like um, that's the next season with the <laughs> Borg and uh, Species C two seven four. Yeah, and so they're and they're still they're kind of like taking scripts from TNG and other ones. So mm -hmm. this is you know we have you have another de-evolution of that script, but yeah, yep. They did what they, what they could. Yeah, if you want. If you actually are interested in like the evolution and stuff, just go listen to Devo instead. Yeah, <laughs> better, better, exactly. funnier, cornier. Yeah, yeah. It's Ohio music. Yeah, it's Ohio yeah. music. Yep. Nice. Well, I think that's a great place for us to leave it. Yeah, think, go watch Threshold. Uh, thanks for hanging with us, Soyagers. <laughs> Be well, travel safe, and maybe don't watch Threshold. <laughs> Watch Threshold. I'm in the camp of Watch Threshold. Well, okay. At least one of us is. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for checking with the Soy Boys, Girls, and Ugly Beans. Hang, Hang dong, dong and shockers.
everywhere, on the table, on my fucking stairs. Girl, I want your titties on my fucking chair. I don't care if they have hair. I'm gonna stick your titties on my fucking dick. Stick your fucking titties on my fucking dick. Make me sick.